Let me ask you a question today. How many of you have ever been lonely? Put your hands up. I don't mean alone. Being alone is different, right? Sometimes I crave to be alone. Just leave me alone. Right? You know what that means. Sometimes you just need a bit of space from people, don't you? Where you can just relax and just be on your own. Just chill out. And you just go, oh, this is just peaceful. That's different to being lonely. Being lonely is where you would rather be with other people. You would rather be with others. Have that connection with others. But you find yourself all on your own. Hands up if you've ever been like that. It's hard when you're lonely. It's hard. You know, the government uh, today have recognized that loneliness is one of the major problems facing our society. They've even now got a minister for loneliness in the government because it is so critical to the society in we, which we live. We're talking about building community. And yet our community seems to be full of loneliness. That's what it feels like to be lonely, doesn't it? Where you just sit there on your own, no one around you. You wish you were with someone else. But there you are, all alone. You know, loneliness... Apparently, they've done statistics. There's over 9 million people in the UK that say they are always or often lonely. 24% of parents say they're always or often lonely. One of the reasons we have jumblies, which is for, for parents with really young ones, is because we recognized every week that we recognize that it's very isolating when you have a newborn. You're sitting at home, you're caring for your newborn all the time, and you can go weeks without actually going out or doing anything because everything is focused on feeding and cleaning and putting to sleep your newborn, and you lose connections. Next one. 50% of people living with a disability say they are lonely, always or often, in our society. 10% of young people, 16 or 24, where they, you'd have thought they probably got 5,000 Facebook friends. But actually, Facebook friends, they find they're really lonely for actually friends that they can hang out with. This one really got to me. Half a million elderly people in this country go at least five to six days without seeing or speaking to anyone at all. These are all government statistics from research that they've done. Half a million, 500,000 people in our community. And 1.2 million elderly people say they are chronically lonely. It's a depressing state of affairs that we live in. Okay, next screen, please. Apparently, they've done research and they say being lonely physically is as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It has the same negative impact on your body. So if you smoke 
and you're lonely, you're in real trouble. Right? The next one. It apparently does worse things to your physically than obesity. Next. You're more likely to suffer dementia, heart disease, and depression. And the next. And it's likely to increase your chances of an early death by nearly 30%. Loneliness. That's why the government have now got a minister for loneliness. They said this issue is affecting our society so much that we need to have somebody just dealing with this and focusing on this and saying, how can we overcome this problem in our society? A society that is more connected than it's ever been. We can connect with people all over the world, and yet today is probably more lonely than it's ever been before. So what do we do about this? Well, in 1 Thessalonians 5, we've been looking at how we build community. The church should be a place where there is no loneliness at all. But the truth is the opposite. When I did my master's degree years ago, I did it on the needs of people coming into churches on a Sunday. We all come with different needs. We all come with different things. And I canvassed where I was living at the time Churches right across all the different denominations, every church, large churches, small churches. And I asked the ministers of those churches, the pastors, to hand out an anonymous questionnaire to 10 people in their church. And it had a whole list of questions. And the questions were to find out the biggest need of people. Overwhelmingly, virtually every single church came back with the same answer. That the people who came to church, their biggest need was loneliness. That's what they feel when they come into church. And yet church should be a place where loneliness is banished. From Genesis to Revelation, it talks about building community. In the beginning, God created Adam. And it said, it's not good for you to be alone, so let's build community. And then God said, you know what, I'm going to build a community through Abraham and Sarah. And I'm going to make a people that is a community. And I'm going to keep on building. And I'm going to build the church. And the church is going to be a community. Because loneliness is so bad for each one of us. But how do we build community? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians is a book about encouragement. Last week we were speaking together about the need to value one another. You don't build community if you don't value people. If we don't value one another, we just ignore one another, right? But it's as we value each other, then the next stage from valuing ourselves and then from ourselves value one another is to do this. Therefore, encourage one another, it says, and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. 1 Thessalonians, the whole letter is about encouragement. It's about encouragement. Nine times in that short letter, Paul tells them, encourage each other, encourage each other, encourage each other. Just keep on doing what you're doing because you're a church that knows how to encourage. And we need to be a church like that too. Well, let's look at what it really means. What, do, what does it mean to encourage one another? Well, encouragement comes from the Greek parakaleo. 
And parakaleo means two things. It comes from the first part, para, which means to be beside. Next, next screen. To come alongside. So if I'm going to para Phil here, it means that I don't talk at him from like this, and I don't come here and go, Oi, Phil! But I come alongside him. I stand with him. I stand, stand up, next to him. This is para, right? How much encouragement have you had in your life which is just shouted from a distance? You should do this. That's not encouragement. Encouragement is coming alongside. That's the first part. The second part of encouragement is kaleo, which means to call, to advocate. Sorry, next screen, please. To be an advocate for, to come alongside and to share with, to, to stand up for, to, to be alongside someone else. That's what it means to give encouragement. That's what it means when we are called to be encouragers. We come alongside someone else and we join with them. We advocate with them. We walk with them. We support. We encourage. We help. We serve. Let's look a little bit more. Firstly, encouragement is a vital ministry. I say the Bible, the New Testament, 109 times in the New Testament alone, it tells us to be encouragers. So God thinks it's a big deal, right? We spend all our time in the churches arguing about trivialities that God doesn't put in the Bible. And we don't do the things he tells us to do. 109 times the Bible in the New Testament alone says, you've got to be an encourager. Encourage one another. We need to encourage each other. It's a vital ministry that we have to do. God says this is really important. Churches should be places of encouragement. That's what the church is. If you go to a church that doesn't encourage you, leave it because it's not a real church. The church is a place of encouragement. And if it's not doing it, then it's breaking the ministry of God. Next, please. As I said, 109 times in the New Testament, we're told to do this. Next. Even the Holy Spirit in John 14 to 16 is called the paraclete, the comforter, the encourager. comes from the same word. So when we become encouragers, what are we doing? We're actually working alongside what the Holy Spirit is already doing in people's lives. You know times where the Holy Spirit comes and encourages you. Where the Holy Spirit uses someone else to come and just take you from where you are, give you a word of encouragement. Have you had that? A few weeks ago here, I remember I was sitting here in the church, been wrestling with something. And we had a visitor that Sunday come into the church. Don't know who he was, guy, sitting right back there, half, right on the end of the line. At the end of the service, he came up to me and he says, God wants you to know this. And he told me exactly what I've been wrestling with, what I've been going through in my mind all week. Lord, I was going, Lord, is, is this... You know, and I was asking God this question over and over again. 
this guy comes up and says, the Lord wants to tell you this. And then he walked out. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uses people, flows through people to say the right word in season to someone else. And we get, as we become encouragers of others, you partner not only with the individual. It's not a, so Phil, I'm going to use you all morning here, mate. You did see it in the wrong place. Not only do we get to walk alongside, but we get to be a channel of the Spirit of God into someone else's life too. When we become encouragers, we enable the Spirit to flow through me into Phil's life and to be the word that Phil needs to hear to build him up. Sometimes we don't even recognize. Thank you. Just, just stay awake because, you know. We, sometimes we don't even recognize what that word is. We don't even think of it as being significant, but to them, the Spirit uses us to flow into their lives. That's what encouragement can do. Okay, next. Thank you. Why is it so important? Well, firstly, because it's vital to successfully live by faith. You cannot live successfully by faith unless you receive encouragement. Why? Because life is tough. Next one. We need to be, as I've just said, that source. It's about calling people towards Jesus Christ. It's about lifting their lives from where they are, from the, from the situation they're in, and refocusing them back to where it needs to be. You see... When we get discouraged, what happens? The situation around us tends to be the limit of how far we can see, right? If you're discouraged about your relationship with someone else, what happens? All you do is you think about that relationship. That becomes the parameter in which you can see. It becomes your world. You know people that are like that, and then they go out, and all they're doing is talking about that same thing. Why? Because that's, that's the limit, right? That's where the discouragement kind of forms a barrier. And so when we are a parakaleo, when we come beside, what we end up doing is we end up helping them to refocus back on the source, back on Jesus Christ. We call them to the truth of what they need to know. The truth of who they are. The truth that we spoke about last week of how much God loves us and because God values us, how much we value one another. We call them and we, we break through those parameters when we become encouragers. So many times we get down in our, our Christian life. I had it yesterday. Yesterday we were over at somebody's house for a barbecue. And was, I was chatting to this young guy. Was he 23, I think he was? And he met this girl years ago. And you could tell by the way he talked about her that really, he met her when he, he was 13, 14. But she lives in an, another country. But you could tell he still has feelings for her, right? And he's still in touch with her on occasion on Facebook and things like that, right? 
And I said to him, I said, well, why don't you do something about it? It's obvious you still like her. This is what he said. She, he said, I would, but she's out of my league. She's beautiful. She, she's like, and then he described somebody that obviously everybody else knew, and I had no idea who they were talking about. But I got the picture that he was talking about some beautiful woman. She's out of my league. I said to him, I said, no one is out of your league. Why? Because what is he doing? He's saying, you know what? He's not valuing himself as God values him. There's no such thing as a person that's out of your league. That's, that's a nonsense statement, isn't it? How much does God love you? What does that say? He says, you're so special that I will go and die for you. That's the kind of league you're in. And if God places you in that league, how dare you say anybody else is not in that same league? For God so loved the world. Which means God loves this guy just as much as he loves this beautiful woman, whoever she is or whoever she's like. There's no such thing as leaks. God makes us unique. God makes us special. God makes us amazing in and of ourselves. So what did I do? I came alongside and I said, you got the wrong truth. If you live your life as though people are out of your league, you know, then Joan wouldn't have married Mike. I wouldn't have married Enika, and so on and so on and so on, right? And when I left, I said, I said, I might not see you again, but I'm going to keep on asking my friend who's in contact with you, has he, has he made contact yet? Now, he might make contact with her, and she goes, no, thanks very much, right? But at least... He's then tried. But if he goes with that mindset, what is he doing? You point people. You call people towards the truth. Because discouragement, it takes our eyes off of the truth. When you get discouraged, what do you really say? You just say, well, you know what? God is not really God. God is not going to be God in my situation. God is not going to fix this or, or get involved in this problem. God is not going to do what he said he's going to do. He's not going to be who he said he's going to be. And what about me and all of this? God says, encourage one another. It's vital because there are all times, there are always times in our lives where we get discouraged and we take our eyes off of the truth and we look at circumstance. God says, that's when you need encouragers who will refocus you, help you to refocus back on the truth. Okay, next please. John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. What does he say? In this world you will have trouble. Hands up if you've never had trouble. We all live in trouble, right? Jesus is real. 
He says, there will be trouble. Expect trouble. He says, in fact, if you choose to follow me, your trouble is going to increase, not decrease. But, he says, take heart because I've overcome the world. So Jesus is real. He says, you know what? You need encouragement because there is going to be trouble in your life. But it's okay because I'm going to bring people around you that will encourage you and help you and be channels of the Holy Spirit into your life in those moments. That's why encouragement is so vital in building community. Next, please. Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. There, is, there are powers out there that want you to get discouraged, that want you to be lonely, that want you to feel down about yourself. Because then you become ineffective. But God says, you know what? I'm going to give you the armor of God so that you can stand against this. I'm going to help you. I'm going to bring encouragers into your life that can journey alongside with you so that you can go through it together. Next, please. Hebrews 3. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, the Bible knows the danger of discouragement. But when we get discouraged, we can easily just go in on ourselves and then we turn away. And things become hard inside and it becomes more and more difficult. Be encouragers of one another. Help one another. Because that is what it means. That is how God wants us to be. But secondly, next screen please. Encouragement is vital to live successfully by faith, but it's also, next, incredibly powerful to change situations. Yesterday, for some unknown reason, my wife and I, well, it wasn't yesterday, but a long time ago, we signed up to do a 10-kilometer fun run. I, I don't quite know why I did that. I did it last year, and it was fun because I was kind of a little, I practiced. I was doing the 5K around the park in the mornings, and I was kind of fit. And so I signed myself and my wife up because she couldn't do it last year. So we signed up. Yesterday, for yesterday. So we thought we'd better go into training, and we thought long and hard about the training. And uh, we decided a couple of weeks ago to try one lap of the park. And so we kind of did one lap and said, well, that, that'll do, won't it? That's a mile. That, that's enough. Don't want to overdo it. You don't want to stretch yourself too far, you know. So we went yesterday full of confidence. 10K fun run in the park in Watford. So they have obstacles everywhere, right, as well. So it's not just the 10K run. You have all these walls to climb over, and, and half of it's through the water, and you get soaking wet. The first one was in this bouncy castle that was full of water, and you just got completely soaked before you even carried on. And we had those one with space hoppers. Do you remember those things? 
We have to bounce around this little course on a space hopper. Anyways, there's one bit where they had this tire wall. Have you ever seen a tire wall? It's like tires, like, like car tires that are up on the side like this. Okay, so they're up upright in, in circles. And they're like three high. And you have to climb over this thing. And they're all lashed together between these trees. The problem is, at the top, when you pull the top tire, it kind of comes towards you. So you're kind of bending over backwards like this, trying to get, you know, legs and everything in your body over it. So I tried. I had trouble last year when I tried this one. So this year I was, I was confident and I was, I was psyched for this. So I tried and I got up there and it started to lean back like this and I fell off. And then Nineke had a go and she, she tried. And then these two young, healthy-looking specimen of guys came up. And we said, oh, well, you better have a go. And they just jumped straight over the thing. It was really depressing. But they'd seen us attempt and fail. So they, instead of running on, they, they waited and they said, come on, we'll help and so on the far side, they held the tires back like this, right, for us, so that it was nice and upright. So I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm off. So I get up to the top, and I kind of have one leg over there, and I'm pirouetting on the top, and I'm not quite sure what to do. And, and I finally kind of fall over the other side and get down. Thank you so much, I said to these guys. He said, well, I saw a bit too much of your backside to be nice, uh, but you're very welcome. And then my wife just gracefully went up and over the top and down the other side. I would still be there today trying to get over this tire wall if it hadn't been for those two guys. I couldn't do it. I got a frozen shoulder. It doesn't really help when you're climbing, to be honest. But their encouragement and their willingness to wait for us and to help us, and even the person that was like the, the marshal was there, she said, you know what? You guys have won the award today for best teamwork I've seen. Strangers helping out other strangers to get through together. Encouragement is incredibly powerful. You can accomplish things through encouragement that you receive from others that you can't do without it. You can think in your own life of moments where someone has encouraged you, re-instilled that belief within you that you can do something, and then you've gone on and done it. Sometimes, you know, teachers in school, you can all think of lessons that you've taken where one teacher encouraged you and you did well in that school. Why? Because they believed in you. And there were other classes where the teacher couldn't care less or you felt that way. And the impact that it had on your life. Encouragement is so, so powerful. Next, please. It can change situations. Proverbs 12, 18 says, The words of a reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. And God has given us the ability, the power to help people through the troubles of this world. If you do not use that gift of encouragement that we all have, 
You're withholding from people the potential they have to accomplish. If those guys had just gone, jumped over that fence yesterday and carried on running off, I'd still be there struggling or given up and walked around and said, stupid obstacle, I'm not doing this. And then ran on. But because they waited, because they encouraged me, because they said, come on, you can do this, we'll help you. It made all the difference. Next, please. And the next. Oh, go back one. You go there. The tongue, Proverbs 18, has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Couldn't be more explicit. With your tongue, you can cause death. With your tongue, you can cause life. With your tongue, you can discourage. With your tongue, you can build up. It's, it's so powerful for each one of us. Next, please. So how should we encourage one another? I want you to look. I'm going to show you a little video. Just take a look at this. Oh. Are you here with your parents or? Yeah, with my mom. Are you sure or something? <laughs> no. It's kind of boring having a tea or coffee by yourself. You need somebody to talk to. Why are you wearing a hat? How much money do you have? Why is your hair white? It's a bit like the trees in autumn. You know, you could ask the tree, why are your leaves <laughs> brown? Do you mean in the bank or? Like your pocket money. £560 a month for pension. Wow. If you had that, what would you do? I would get a dog and get a house and a swimming pool and go on X Factor. Do you have Netflix? Nothing like that. I've just got a radio. We normally play bulldog. You still play bulldog? Yeah. I remember playing that. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. Peter Piper picked a... <laughs> where are your friends and where they are? Um, some of my friends are abroad. I was born in Jamaica, so a lot of my friends are there, you know. I mean, I'm new in London. Well, I've had hundreds and thousands of friends. At the moment, I've got, got a lot of Facebook friends. Well, maybe I can sit with you and have some coffee. Yeah. You like coffee? Yeah. Do you? What's your favourite? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Why can't everybody be friends? <laughs> That's a good question. It's not as easy as that, really. I couldn't walk up to somebody in here and say, would you like to play with me? I'd be a bit strange. I think everyone should talk to everybody. That's the nicest thing I've heard all day. You've really made my day. Making friends is easier than eating chocolate. I think everyone in the world should have one big party and become friends.
Next screen. How should we encourage one another? Well, encouragement doesn't just happen. We have to be specific about encouraging one another. You know, they were in a coffee shop. And they were sitting alone, those people. And they just got some children, because children are great at making friends. And they said, go talk to these people. Didn't tell them what to say, what to do, but they said, just go do it. Encouragement doesn't just happen naturally. We have to be specific. We have to be directive about encouraging one another. Why does the Bible tell us 109 times to be encouragers? Because it knows that we don't generally encourage. True? Anybody there? True. So it says, be encouragers. First thing. Second thing is this. Next, please. It comes in many forms. What were the forms of encouragement that you saw in that little video? What did they do? Showed an interest. How? Asked questions. What else did they do? Enthusiastic. What else? Smiled. What else? Didn't judge. What else? Found reasons to laugh. What else? Initiated the conversation. Hi, I'm Layla. What's your name? What else? You can learn a lot from children. What else did they do? They listened. True. What else? Have a look. Next screen, please. They gave hugs. They shared gifts. You want coffee? What's your favorite coffee? Hot chocolate. I didn't know that was a coffee, but anyway. All goes the same way. Words. Acts of service. Cards. Sometimes flowers. I didn't see those, but. So many different ways that you can give encouragement. It's not just words. It comes in many, many different forms. You know that little girl you saw giving that woman a hug? You made my day. She came in there on her own for a lonely cup of coffee. She left having had her day made because a girl came up and spoke to her. Told her, asked her embarrassing questions. How much have you got in your pocket? How much do you earn? What's in your bank account? Like pocket money. Why are you alone? But that hug and that genuineness and that openness said it all. They were encouragers. Next screen, please. Encouraging, though, requires commitment. It requires us to journey Besides, we have to do something to become encouragers. It's sacrificial. It takes time. It takes energy. Those kids could have gone into that coffee shop, just sat there, had their hot chocolate, got up and left. They had to risk something. They had to do something to go and be an encourager to someone else. It's easier for me to just stand and watch Phil from a distance 
than it is to come alongside him, put my arm around him and say, come on, let's journey together. But it's what we're called to be as the children of God. It's who we are. Why? Because the Spirit encourages you and me and says, go and encourage one another. And lastly, next one, please. It requires an openness and an honesty and a truthfulness. The thing you love about those kids was their honesty, right? And children can get away with that. If I go up to Tim, so, so how much is your pension and your bank account, Tim? It's like just rude, isn't it? But a child can say that to you and it's not rude. I love doing that as a pastor. Not saying that, but you know. You can get away with things as a pastor that you can't get away with anywhere else. Sometimes. But the reason I say that is because of this. Encouragement is not just glib comments. It's not just niceties. It's not like, Phil, oh, it'll be okay, Phil. Don't worry about it. That's not encouragement. Oh, you know, I'm sure the Lord knows. Maybe true, but that's not encouragement. Encouragement is just not simple dismissive comments and therefore that we can move on. Encouragement is coming alongside. And sometimes encouragement means that we have to be honest and say, you know what? We say the hard things. You know what? You, you're going the wrong way. I'm worried about where you're going. You know what? This, this, this journey doesn't look good. It doesn't end in the right place. Sometimes that's the encouraging word that you need. You had it where someone's had the, had the courage to do that to you? To say to you? And encourage you in it. And you, at the time, it doesn't feel like encouragement. But later, you look back and you say, thank God that they did. Because they stopped me going down a pathway that would have ended up in a complete disaster. Sometimes encouragement. Encouragement always is open. It's honest. It's truthful. Because you say things in love. That's why that comes below number three. If I'm willing to come along next to Phil... You're doing great, mate. Stand alongside him and say, let's journey together. Then, then he knows that whatever I say to him is coming out of honesty and truthfulness and love. Because I wouldn't do that if I just wanted to give him some glib comment. Oh, don't worry, Phil, it'll be all right. Let me just encourage you with a word from the Lord and then I'll just move on. That's not encouragement. Encouragement is walking together. And when we do that, you can say things to people, particularly in the kingdom. Thank you. That enables you to be a channel of the Spirit of God into their lives. Last screen. Thank you. You've done a great job at the back there. Jesus said, I'm going to build my community. That means we value ourselves as God values us. And therefore we value one another. But it means also that we are people of encouragement. I started by saying about loneliness in this country. The one place that should be characterized by connection 
and encouragement is the church of Jesus Christ. We need to be people that encourage one another all the time. That we journey together all the time. That we come alongside one another all the time. There should be nobody walking in and out of Trinity Church alone and not receiving the encouragement they need. If there is, then we're not really being the church God is calling us to be. That's as serious as it is. I want you to think for yourself. Can you play a little bit? Thank you. Just close your eyes for a moment. I want you to think, in what part of your life do you need encouragement today? Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Where's the trouble in your life right now? There are people here where they're really struggling. Lord, where are you in all of this? And they need a brother or a sister to come alongside. And not to say it's going to be all okay, but to say, I'm with you. Sometimes encouragement means we just put our arm around one another and we cry together. Because life stinks. And we might not even have answers. We don't want answers. We want care and love. Sometimes it means putting an arm around someone and the Lord just speaking into us and through us into someone else's life. Not necessarily giving them answers, but pointing them to the, the Father. Saying, you know what, the Lord cares, even when it doesn't feel like it. And I want you to think too about people that God brings into your life that need you to be a channel of encouragement. We all know people who are struggling. Lord, I ask that you would give us the wisdom to know how to be encouragers to those people. What can we do? Who can we be for them right now? Lord, make us encouragers. To give and to receive encouragement day by day. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.